Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Hey, good morning, everybody, or good evening, or hello, whenever you're watching this. My name's Jerome. Good to meet you on this July 4th. Independence Day is celebrated in our country, and our country has also recognized Juneteenth as a national holiday now as well. And the patrioticness of many is, is by all means, should be engaged in if uh, you find yourself honoring uh, the country or you find yourself grieving. Uh, I pray today that I'll be able to paint a picture that zooms out to the globe. Not just independence for uh, a nation, but independence from sin. And how do we even begin independence from sin? It's dependence on God. Dependence on God allows us to see that you and me, we cannot buy freedom ourselves. As you get to see, freedom can be celebrated. In freedom, you can go somewhere and watch fireworks and it might be free. You might be able to get to eat some free food. But one thing is for surely true. Freedom is never free. And today, us gathering, talking about Jesus, the freedom to set you and me free from sin was surely not free. He hung on the cross and he didn't just die for people that liked him. <laughs> no, he died for people that hated him. And so he wasn't just fighting for his own kind. He was fighting for enemies, enemies of God, you and me. And I pray during this series this month that we're so compelled by God's love to free us from sin, that that will lead to connecting to what he wants to do in our lives, which is to go and take that same message that we're loved to love, to love one another, to love people enough to care about their eternal destiny. We're gonna look at John 15 and look at uh, John for in just a moment and an illustration to kind of paint a picture uh, for today that freedom's not free and that you can treat it differently when it's yours is I remember when my parents bought me, uh, my dad specifically bought me my first car. Well, I didn't buy it and I didn't treat it the same as now we bought a van recently and we take care of that thing like crazy. Why? Because I didn't buy it the first time. But once I bought it, had skin in the game, there's a level of ownership. Maybe you can relate with this if you've rented a car and the way you drive the rental car, come on, it's probably not how you drive your car. I pray today, it's not someone else's faith. You didn't tune in because somebody else told you to, but that you start to take ownership, that Christ is calling, not me, not others in the church, but you to go, and of course me, but I don't want you to see me. I want you to see yourself in the story that God is writing. And so in that bumper, there was a little whisper that said, go, because it shouldn't be heavy or hard. 
but to tap into what God wants to do in our lives, well, he already went first. And he displayed his love for us that while we were still sinners, enemies of God, he died for us. How beautiful. This Jesus is where freedom is found. If you feel alone, worried, discouraged, shame, convicted, condemned, no matter where you're at, I believe God is speaking directly to you. Today is your day to let go and let God lose it all and gain him. Because we have a tendency sometimes to discount the cost of the cross. If Jesus bought our eternal freedom and destroyed the final enemy of death, then that changes everything. And if he didn't do that, then this is simply a mirage and we'd be better off doing anything today. Uh, so you might as well just go do whatever you want. But I believe that God stirred something in your heart that you know, oh, man, it's Jesus. He transformed my life and I believe he's here to remind his kids, but also to transform yours as well. Go to John 15, it'll be on the screen. I say go to it, maybe it's, if it's, uh, I kind of hold on to this idea that people are still carrying their Bibles and they want to, you know, I want a physical copy. Uh, but it's, it's probably similar to watching my grandparents or parents say, I just like reading the newspaper, you know? <laughs> like, who does that? Um, sorry to the two of you who do. But carrying our Bible though, oh, it just there's something about the physical copy still even though I'm reading it from online, but I say turn to your Bible, recognizing that a majority of us are just gonna read it on the screen or maybe watch my facial expressions. But I pray we're gonna read it on the screen. John 15, verse 12. This is my command. If Jesus is our savior, then he has bought our lives and we've been bought by such a high price that therefore he naturally becomes our Lord, master. And master means he can give us a command. Just like someone who ranks in the army and in any type of military role, when they stand attention to a command, they submit and obey. So here's Jesus telling us, this is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. And he says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore. Jesus isn't the type of leader who has a heavy yoke. He's not the leader that puts a, a heavy burden on us and just forces us to be like an ox and say, you know, you have to... Make sure that the, the fields are plowed and don't look back. And, and it's heavy to make sure you stay as... No, it's light. It's free. It's fun. And when we tap into that, that true story of love, the greatest story of love ever in Jesus, we start to realize words like command are good. Words like servant are beautiful. It's like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And we are grateful to respond. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends 
because I have made known to you everything I have heard from the Father. Jesus is not a stingy leader. He's not a leader that withholds. He's not a leader that because he paid the way, he's going to make us feel it all the time. He's worthy to demand all worship, but he's not forceful to make us feel like little minions or robots, but he quickens the affections in our heart by him leading the way. True leaders lead through example. And we will all fall short to the example of Christ. You might already be feeling this today, like I can never measure up to how Jesus lives. We're all in that boat. None of us are good enough. That's the grace of God. But as we receive that grace, there's something that happens in us as we have Jesus inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit that we then want to go. Go do what? Well, we're his friends. We're his ser- we're, we're, uh, He's calling us. We're not no longer servants anymore. We're friends. And he has made known everything to us that he's heard from the Father. And then he goes on to remind us, you did not choose me, but I chose you. None of us are the heroes of the story of how we found God. God found us. This is how our freedom was bought. We remember that. I appointed you to go and produce fruit. I hope today you're going to get to eat some good food. Uh, After service, the in-person, this is pre-recorded. The in-person is doing a a outdoor service and hanging and eating food. And for those that are traveling or uh, aren't comfortable meeting in person yet, watching this or just enjoy the convenience of it, that's what this message is for. And it being July 4th today, I hope that you're going to get some good food and fresh fruit. Think of it for a moment that if people were to taste our lives, what kind of fruit would they taste? You know, like, would it be kind of, you know, even sometimes fruit can be ugly, but taste really good. It's about the taste and the kingdom. And God tells us to go produce fruit, that your fruit should remain. Well, we learn elsewhere that when we're with Jesus, abiding in Jesus, we can therefore produce fruit. And apart from abiding in Jesus, we can't produce fruit that will remain. We all want to produce some fruit that remains. And how we do that is by receiving that the work, the war, has already been done and won. The war has been won by Jesus. But the battle is not over until he returns. And so we are still taking battle, but now from a place of victory, this is profound for us Jesus followers. And if you don't know Jesus yet, but that, he's calling you into his victory all the time. And he's just saying, hey, put your faith in me and you'll be made brand new. And to abide means to receive or to be home. Picture crops that grow like they're home in the soil and in the right conditions they flourish and then they bear fruit. And we get that, especially in Michigan, we get to see four seasons. We get 
we get to see uh, farmland. And if you're in the inner city, you, you, now there's community gardens, different places. And, and, and I, I'm not necessarily the most uh, far, farmer dude. Uh, I'm not thinking the best way to agriculturally uh, inclined um, and uh, skilled, but I know enough to know that I'm grateful for the harvest of the fruit and the vegetables, and I can appreciate the slowness of the growth and the bed that they sit in, the soil, that they're just like home there. Well, hopefully you're connecting the dots. When we're home in Jesus, this John 15 is how we go and we produce fruit. So it all comes from a place of remembering that we are uh, free in Jesus and that the war's been won because of Jesus and that our lives are secure in Jesus and we're dependent on Jesus to, 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 to walk this out and we are never independent, like by ourselves apart from God. Like we can't do it alone. But in Christ, we have a dependence on him, so therefore we can be independently strong. And then we move, but he gives us a body that we're dependent on one another to fulfill this life with Jesus. All right, let's keep going. And he tells us, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you, love one another. Today, July 4th, a day where we remember and reflect, celebrate. But I, I, I want us to just get a little bit past ourselves for just a moment and connect to the heart of God. The heart of God cares deeply about what goes on in our country, but the heart of God cares deeply about what goes on in the world. And I believe days like today, we can totally enjoy. But they're also great reminders that God has still called us to produce fruit and to love one another, and that his mission is far greater than any accomplishment that's ever been done on this planet. And there's a tension there. As sup suffering takes place in the globe. You know, 10% of the world doesn't have access to, to water. And I was listening to some of the mass starvation that's, um, that North Korea is on the verge of or could be happening in silence right now or in the 90s that there was so much mass starvation that, that uh, by the hundreds of thousands, people suffered and died from not having food, not having physical fruit, physical vegetables. And, I, and, and, and there's a level of, of grief that comes with that. There's a level of like empathy, but also feeling overwhelmed. Like what do we do to change the world? What do we do? What do we do? How, how could we even begin to make a dent on some of the issues globally. Well, we could just focus and double down and, and be a country, but God's called us not to just be a country. People of God, hear this loud and clear. He's called us to be a kingdom. And the kingdom that we carry is a love that is greater than anything this world has ever seen. And that love to love one another 
is displayed by the way that we remember how our lives were bought with the highest price, Jesus' life. And when we remember, when we receive, when we reflect that, we naturally want to say, oh, this command to go love one another, I pray it goes to the ends of the earth, but it first starts in me and it starts right here in my home to bloom, to go, to be so focused on the gospel, the good news, to be so focused on discipleship, to see the gospel transform every space of our lives and then to go to the ends of the earth. I'm petitioning to you today, friend, the same way I wish somebody would petition to me every day if I was watching this today is to remind me of the cost of the cross, that Jesus, the freedom he has given us is worth our whole lives. For us to say, I sign up, I celebrate him, and I want more people to know about him. I wanna take us to John 4. In John 4, he had, uh, there's the moment where Jesus interacts with the woman at the well. Um, she's there drawn from the well at a specific time because she's not in the in crowd. She, she's used to being an outcast. She's con, uh, condemned when she talks to Jesus by her sin, pretty much. But Jesus doesn't condemn her. And, uh, and Jesus tells her about her life. And then she goes on being pretty excited knowing that she is kind of, she's encountered, not kind of, she's encountered the Messiah. And so she goes on and witnesses and, t and testifies, but Jesus' followers, they seem to miss the point as they're focused on the wrong things. Like I think many of us can go do things, but we forget the type of fruit that God wants us to produce. And this paints the picture of the type of fruit he wants us to produce. Real harvest work is about people. Verse 27, John 4, then his disciples arrived. They were amazed that he was talking with the women. Jesus is such a renegade to culture. He's, um, I, I was listening to a podcast on the way here today and one of the guys who's following Jesus, I loved it. He used to be a club promoter. He, he used to, fly all over the world, do every drug imaginable, uh, date and models on covers, he said. Um, but once he really, God got a hold of his heart and he fell in love with Christ, he thought, when he, when he was reading the scriptures, he's like, Jesus is such a bad A. <laughs> he was like, Jesus is a bad A. He is just so cool, you know? And I loved how he described that because Jesus is going against the cultural norms to fight for the one, Gentiles, fight for races, fight for gender, fight for class. He's giving people dignity. He's telling them, look, your sin doesn't have to define you anymore. There's no more shame. When you come and you believe in me, you'll be made brand new. And the disciples are missing it. They're like, whoa, I can't believe he's talking to a woman. Like, what is going on there? What's our leader doing? Isn't he supposed to rule and reign? We need to see the power now. We need to see the, the, the kingdom displayed in power. But the power he was bringing was first to our souls, the freedom. And he says, yet no one said, look at this, what do you want or why are you talking to her? So they're thinking in their mind. Then the woman left her water jar, went to the town and told the people, come, see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and they made their way to him. In the meantime, the disciples kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something, eat something. 
Come on, it's July 4th. Eat something, Rabbi. Let's go. The grills are on. Fireworks are happening. Let's go. We about to eat. But he said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus told them, don't you say, there are still four more months and then comes the harvest. Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields because they are ready for harvest. The reaper is already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for. Others have labored for, and you have benefited from their labor. Christ is teaching them, hey, everybody around you is probably gonna talk about the fruit that fills in your belly. I wanna reteach you as your master. He's saying, hey, I'm gonna teach you about the fruit that is eternal, and it's about people. And if you look up, and this is what I pray supernaturally happens in this moment, like look up. And what I mean by that is get past what's going on in your world. Get past the, the plans and the hurts and the frustrations and look up and just see the harvest that God's putting right in front of your face. The neighbor, the coworker, the spouse that's been hard to deal with, the family member, the child who has been causing you grief, the disappointment and bitterness from in your own self, and just look up and look out and you see, wow, the harvest is all around because God has made a way through Jesus and so many of the prophets of old, so many have labored in the gospel that they have labored for such a time as this that we can go and preach. We can go and love one another. And we can go and sow and water and pray, God, make it grow. Because we want to focus on the fruit that not lasts for a lifetime, but the fruit that lasts forever. And there will be tough times. Jumping back to John 15, verse 18, it says, If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Remember the word I spoke to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name because they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of their sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done the works among them that no one else has done, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But this happened, so the statement is written in their law that might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. Friend, 
Conflict will be inevitable. Persecution will surely happen in Jesus. That's not to discourage us of the freedom that Christ has offered. That's to accurately frame, let's not be so focused on just the harvest return, but let's fall in love with the real harvest work, the real people work, the toughness of it, to not grow calloused or thin skin, to quit even believing that, that God could still move in our friends and our family and our city, that God could move in us. And the opportunity we have to go out and be a part of the harvest, the work of God bringing people back home is so, so, so rich. It's awesome. And we gotta be reminded when tough times come, it's okay. The war's been won, but the battle's not over. So we gotta keep going on, keep going forward. But all of that fruit that will remain is by us remembering that I'm found in Jesus. So I pray today, right now, will be a, a fresh reminder. If you know Jesus, that you're in him, secure. You've been forgiven of much. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. He'll always love you. He'll never give up on you. He won't lose you. You're secure in him. You have confidence in him. He's not done. And then from that place, you start to think, oh my goodness, if this is how he feels about me, that's how he feels about the harvest all around me, all of the people. I want to go and I want to love one another. I want to love the people. If you don't know Jesus, hey, it's simple. God, make me brand new. Forgive me of my sin. And he'll take you right in. And then you're in the family of God. And then he allows us to be a part of that mission to go. We would love for you to be a part of the mission here at City Life. You can go to citylifelancing.com, click connect, become a member here by our dream team, click to be baptized, and just connect to grow deeper. Groups are right around the corner. This whole month, we're going to be mobilizing the Love the City truck and having a schedule online. In fact, that schedule is already online right now, lovethecity.org. And then next Sunday, we will roll out the whole game plan of where somebody could commit to a rhythm or just stop in any time with the Love the City truck, be a part of what the Love the City is all about. And yeah, it's, it's just beautiful to let people know their love belong and have purpose. And because we're loved, we belong and we have purpose. Yeah. And to close here, we uh, did a condensed version of the experience today, and I get the opportunity to lead us in a time of giving. And the principle of sowing and reaping is just a beautiful on-ramp to dollars being used for harvest work to impact people. Dollars here get transformed into rooms like this, trucks like the Love the City truck, things like Open Gym on Thursday night, empowering our leaders to empower the people of Christ, create content like, content like the Freedom EP and more, 
all to love the one. And every time we get to be generous, ultimately what we're doing is we're responding to God's generosity. And we're getting to be like him. God gave his only son. What? So I pray today that you'll be a cheerful giver. And maybe you'll want to start making that consistent. Doing it first to ultimately show the worth of who God is. So giving is a form of worship, and there's a few ways that you can do that. It's probably already on the screen. Uh, CityLifeLansing.com, the text 84321, uh, any amount, the three, I'm doing these off memory. I'm not seeing them on the screen. Uh, three is Church Center app, and then four is the mail, which sometimes, you know, some of us in, in our younger cats, they can give some... Uh, Make, make the people in the, in the mail feel, you know, a little less than that because the snail mail. No, mail's still awesome. We accept checks in any amount. Why? Can we ask boldly? Because we believe that we're fundraising on behalf of the people of this planet that need to hear who Jesus is. And so I pray that you'll give big today and I pray that you'll give consistent and I want to lead us in prayer as we get ready to go about our day and hopefully eat some fruit as well, but consider more the eternal fruit that will last. Father, I thank you right now for every person watching and the opportunity we get to give. We don't have to give, we get to give. And we thank you that you first gave. You showed us the way. God, I pray that you use every tithe, every offering. You'll use it for harvest work to share your gospel and make disciples. Simple as that. We want to say yes to your commands. And we want to say yes to all you are. And we thank you for the cost that you gave on the cross to die for us that we were enemies. In Jesus Christ's name, we thank you. Use every dollar to love the city one life at a time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, next week, uh, Sunday we will roll out the whole truck game plan, so don't miss that. They got a, a promo release, something cool they did for the truck. Uh, that will be at 10 a.m. and 11.30. All races, all faces, and all ages. You belong here. We're gonna keep loving this city one life at a time, and we're not gonna stop until Jesus makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives, y'all whom the sun set free is free indeed. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.